Welcome to the Primary Source Podcast. My name is Tom Bober, a school librarian in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. This podcast is here to explore the uses of primary sources in K-12 libraries and classrooms. We'll dig into resources and teaching strategies, talk to educators who are utilizing primary sources, and supporters of educators who curate these incredible items and use them in their work. I am so excited today to share with you a recent interview I did with Kirsten Larson. She is the author of Woodwire Wings, Emma Lillian Todd Invents an Airplane. This book is a beautiful picture book, both in words and illustrations, which are by Tracy Subasak, by the way. And I had a chance to talk with Kirsten about what a deep dive this was to research this book and what a key role primary sources had to play in it coming into being. I thought it was fascinating. I think it would be a great listen, hopefully not only for you, but maybe even also for your students who are doing their own research. I'm diligently working right now on a picture books and primary sources blog post for Knowledge Quest that was going to accompany this podcast episode. And so I'm really excited to see how this book and accompanying primary sources might be able to be used with students in the classroom. But for now, enjoy this interview with Kirsten Larson, author of Woodwire Wings, Emma Lillian Todd Invents an Airplane. We are here with Kirsten Larson, author of Woodwire Wings, Emma Lillian Todd Invents an Airplane. And this beautiful historically based picture book came out early in 2020, pre-pandemic, February 25th to be exact. And she was so kind, I reached out to Kirsten and she was kind enough to join us and share a little bit about her book and the primary sources that played a role in it. So Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So let's start off with you telling us a little bit about your picture book and a little bit about Emma Lillian Todd. And I'd love to hear kind of where the idea came from. Of course. Um, so Woodwire Wings um, is illustrated by Tracy Subasak. It's from um, Calkins Creek. And this is the true story of the first woman to design an airplane completely on her own. So Lillian Todd started work about three years after the Wright brothers first flew. Um, and she had this idea of building a very practical airplane. She had seen what the Wright brothers did with their Wright flyer. And um, if you've um, seen pictures, of course, um, they had to lay on their stomachs and kind of move their hips to steer the airplane. So she saw a lot of these early designs um, and she thought, you know, airplanes should be much more practical and I think I can build something better. Um, so that is Lillian Todd's story. She was a self-taught inventor, um, a self-taught engineer at a time when women uh, weren't really supposed to do these things. And she was largely lost to history. So the way that I learned about Lillian Todd was through the best-selling picture book, Rosie Revere Engineer, which I'm sure uh, many people are familiar with. Uh, that book is by Andrea Beattie. And then the um, 
back, uh, there is a spread of, of female firsts in aviation. In aviation. And um, that was the brainchild of illustrator David Roberts. But in this um, image, he mentions Lillian Todd, first woman airplane designer. And there's a little sketch of one of her early models. Well, you know, I had lived and worked around airplanes my whole life. I was a Air Force brat. I worked for NASA. My husband still works for NASA. And I had never heard of Lillian Todd. My husband had never um, heard of Lillian Todd and he's a huge aviation buff. So when I saw this little piece of history in the back of this very popular picture book, I thought, you know, this is a woman I need to learn about. And I think it would be a wonderful story to tell. How hard was it to start that initial digging? I mean, I love the fact that a picture book led you to another picture book. But once you went beyond that, uh, was it an easy road to start to find out more about uh, uh, Emma or was Emma Lillian Todd or was it a little more challenging? So uh, this, this was actually my first picture book biography that I ever wrote. And um, I had to approach it completely differently from all my subsequent books. So in an ideal world, I like to start with a secondary source, um, a good bi um, biography with lots of notes, um, a really good bibliography that I can then take that sort of orient myself in the world and start digging. Um, there were no adult biographies of Lillian Todd. There were very, very few secondary sources. So um, by, you know, I started with a Google search and I came across a defunct website um, called Early Aviators and found a few um, Library of Congress images and some snippets pulled from a few newspapers. But essentially this book is all primary sources. I had to dig into newspaper archives, um, go to magazines. I pulled up um, aviation journals from the time period. Um, I did do a lot of research about aviation during the time period. So reading books about the Wright brothers, about Glenn Curtis, but there was no secondary source solely about Lillian Todd. Um, so it was sort of opposite of my usual approach. I had to really comb through the primary sources first and then go to other places to provide context. So I heard you mention um, Library of Congress images, and that's one of my favorite places to jump in and start to look for content. And in your back matter of the book, I noticed that there's also several resources from Chronicling America. And that's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. I think it's a great resource. You mentioned some of these other uh, periodicals and other resources. Did you find those in person? Did you, were those all online? What was some of that journey like to kind of do that full search around Lily and Todd? Sure. So, um, I actually was quite lucky in that um, there were a lot of resources available online. So aside from Chronicling America, um, there is a Fulton, New York newspaper ar um, archive that has a lot of New York area newspapers and that's where um, Lillian Todd was based. Um, you know, one of the challenges I think sometimes with writing about women and marginalized people in American history is 
people at the time maybe didn't think she was going to be significant. So there was not a collection of letters, um, a really good organized collection of letters that I could go to. Um, and, you know, she had a scrapbook that sold on eBay like 10 years ago. It was her personal scrapbook with images. I mean, how great would that have been had it gone to a museum, but it didn't. Um, so that's, you know, that's one of the challenges. I was also lucky in that I um, did meet a couple of historians, an amateur historian who came, comes kind of from the genealogy side. And so he had things like her death certificate, um, a lot of genealogical records, and he and I were able to trade um, information. This is Bill Rogers um, up in Washington State. And then Michael Smith, who is formerly the director of the National Model Aviation Museum, also had a research interest in Lillian Todd. And so he and I would trade tidbits of information um, all digitally. We never sent each other a box of papers, but we would burn like disks or, you know, drives and, and trade information back and forth. Um, so that way we were sort of able to collect all these puzzle pieces and start fitting things together. You know, but but in other things, you know, there are a lot of groups like Hathi Trust and Internet Archive where they archive a lot of these older journals. So I was able to find, you know, aeronautical publications from like 1910 that would have snippets of all the goings on um, out in New York as people were, you know, zooming their planes over these grass fields and testing out their new designs. I love hearing what a deep dive this is, because I know that when I've spoken with other authors who do all of this research, there sometimes can be a misconception from readers, especially younger readers, that this all gets pulled together really quickly. Uh, but the, the depth that gets, goes into this research, I think, is incredible. I want to circle back, if I could, just as a follow-up to your comment about um, women specifically being written about during this time period. And I was wondering if you noticed any trends in how Lillian Todd was portrayed in any of these newspaper write-ups. I know that when I read write-ups from around that time period, sometimes women are, while highlighted in the news article, also in some ways marginalized. They're called spunky or kind of, they're called girls, even though they're women and, and those types of things. Did you see any of that in the articles that you were researching? Um, you know, I honestly, I, I would expect to see more than I did. Um, she was uh, definitely marginalized. She did talk about some of um, the fact that she she was a member of a lot of professional societies, but some of the meetings, women weren't allowed to attend because they were held in places that weren't appropriate for women. And she had made comments in some of her interviews about the fact that, you know, she had a hard time getting an airplane engine. She felt like had she been a man or had men been more willing to help her that they could have helped her get her engine faster. Um, but she was really, I mean, the articles really presented her as an anomaly, um, sort of, a, you know, it was always about the first woman, the only woman. And for somebody who really disappeared from history, there was so much reporting about her at the time because she was such an anomaly. Um, so I did find that very fascinating. One interesting thing and an interesting struggle um, 
nobody got her name right. And I know she was unmarried, but especially when you're, you know, trying to write about women who are married, you have to think about all the different names they could possibly be called. But I mean, people, when I was doing searches in the Chronicling America archives, I had to search for her name so many different ways. Lillian with one L, Lillian with two L's, Laura, Lily. I mean, people, you know, people called her by so many different names, not necessarily getting it right. So I had to really broaden my search to make sure I didn't miss sources. I want to know how you figured out how to search for Laura, because that one <laughs> would have been one I certainly would have missed. Well, that one just turned up. I think I was searching on, you know, Todd and airplane and something, uh, you know, and Laura came up and I'm like, oh, had I just searched for Lily and Todd, I would have missed this particular source. I think that's such a good point that sometimes omitting some of these keywords that you think you should be searching for, especially in with regard to historical documents might unearth something, even because even if they're not getting the, her name wrong, just that. OCR, OCR conversion, uh, you can start to unearth some things that otherwise you might have missed. Exactly. Um, so you've started to answer this just with the amount of primary sources that you collected and how this really shaped the story with regard to the fact that there weren't a lot of heavy secondary sources around Lillian Todd. But I'm wondering then, once you have all of these pieces, you have all of these articles and these journals, and of course, all this factual information around flight at the time, how did you start to piece Lillian's story together? How do we see those historical documents constructed in a way that turns into this picture book? Well, um, for me, a picture book biography is first and foremost about a person. So obviously, you know, Lillian Todd is an important person in American history because she was the first woman to design an airplane that flew successfully. But at its heart, Woodwire Wings is about her, the person, and what drove her as a person and her passion and her perseverance. And so when I'm looking to shape the story, I'm kind of looking for what is that, that theme or that most important part of a person's life. And because I didn't have access to her scrapbook or, or her diaries or her letters, I had to rely on a lot of really in-depth interviews and in some of these newspaper articles. That was the place I could hear her voice. And that was the place that I could really get an insight into her mind and who she was. And, you know, I think one thing that struck me is she was a, a tinkerer since she was a girl. I mean, this was really building and inventing was something she just could not not do. She had to do it. Um, and she talked about her childhood and a lot of her childhood exploits, you know, tearing apart typewriters to figure out how they worked and then trying to figure out how to put them back together. Um, and so that's, you know, reading those interviews, those primary sources with her is where I start to see her voice and her personality. And that helps me shape the, the story. Um, and it helps me 
convey that, you know, this was this woman's life. This inventing was who she was. When she saw the airplane, she really believed that this was the future. She saw it as a practical, you know, and a lot of people were just playing with the airplane and thinking, oh, this is fun. We can go fast. We can go high. She really saw it as a public form of transportation that could um, rival the trolley. She knew it would be used in war. She thought it could be used in surveying. So she saw it as a very practical form of transportation. So for me, the, you know, a picture book biography is really about the person and their journey and what it is that makes them tick and enables them to accomplish what they accomplish. I want to circle back to one thing that was in the story that stood out to me. And, and we, you mentioned this right before we started recording, but she worked in the patent office. And this is how she originally came across, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. some of these early um, patents for flight. And as you mentioned, she thought she could do some things better. And that was that initial driver for her. I'm wondering, I believe in your back matter, you mentioned that she, that Lillian Todd had some patents of her own. Is that correct? Yeah, so she um, she took one of the paths that was open to women at that time, and she was a typist. So at the patent office, one of her jobs was basically to type, you know, type up patents and that sort of thing that were sent in. And this was her first contact with some very fantastical uh, designs in the late 1800s. Um, everybody had ideas for how we might how we might fly. Um, so one very practical thing that she invented, a patent that she has her name on, uh, was a copy holder. And it was a device that would hold up the papers at eye level so you could more easily type them onto your typewriter. So it was a very practical invention uh, for her. And again, you know, that's a patent is a primary source. And I got to go to the, the patent office archives digitally and I could pull up that original um, patent and I could see the drawing in her, her application. And the cool thing is um, in terms of how primary sources inform the book. So I sent the illustrator, Tracy Subasak, all of these patents, pictures from the Library of Congress. And so Tracy was able to incorporate that into the book. So when you see pictures about, um, when I talk about fantastical flying machines that Lillian saw during her time at the patent office, the images that Tracy drew are all drawn from actual patents during that time period. So when you see a man with kind of bird-like wings or somebody riding what looks like a sky cycle, those were all patents that people submitted. That's awesome. I'm looking at these pictures right now. And yes, I actually recognize some of these images from either photographs, because there's photos of some of these things out too. So I think one of them I recognize from a photograph, but, um, and then the other page, the page prior to that, where she is, looks like she's the illustration of her in the patent office and she has these bubbles above her head and I see patent drawings there as well. So I love uh, that as a source. And I love how that shows up not only in your story, but in the illust not only in the written story, but in the illustrations as well. I think that that's beautiful. One other piece that I want to ask about that I think is kind of unique to the story, and I really love it, is that you have the text of the story, and of course you have these beautiful illustrations, but, but scattered throughout the story also is you have these quotes from Lily and Todd 
that are connected to the story, but I guess maybe didn't necessarily work their way in so that they sat outside and, and uh, informed the reader. And I just think that they're beautiful. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how those came to be? Well, I think, you know, part of it is, um, especially when you're writing a picture book biography, you know, I'm writing for upper elementary, hopefully middle school teachers can use these in the classroom. And if you're a Jeopardy champion, apparently this is where you go <laughs> to learn all kinds of things. Um, but you have to be careful about the flow of the story and um, making sure that it moves and it doesn't get too bogged down. But Lillian Todd's voice and her vision for flight and her passion um, for airplanes were so strong that I really wanted to find a way to incorporate her voice. And a lot of these lengthy quotes, you know, with language from the early 1900s, they didn't really fit into the actual flow of the story, but I didn't want to leave them out. So I was so grateful um, that my editor, Carolyn Yoder, let me put drop quotes kind of scattered um, throughout the text. And, you know, they really show her passion and her determination, and I think really give a, a hint of her personality. So they were, it was important for me to include those. I think it really comes across. Uh, this is a beautiful book. I really enjoyed reading it. I've read it multiple times since it's been out. So Kristen Larson, I really appreciate you spending some time with us and talking about wood wire wings written by you and illustrated by Tracy Subasak. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.